Greetings. It's me. All right. Hey, 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 hey. It's me, Jake. Hello, and uh, salutations to all of my loved ones, my my fans and my friends, and to those non-believers among you who've, who've come here to see what happens and why. Uh, I don't know what I can offer you in, by way of an explanation, but I can tell you uh, right now we're on the cusp of the weirdest presidential election of my lifetime. And uh, I don't know that that's saying something, but it's a <laughs> holy cow. It's going to be one of these two. And I think you know who you want it to be, because if you're undecided at this point, come on, <laughs> come on, come on. I, I, you, you shouldn't even be allowed to have ice cream if you don't know who you're voting for. And that, and that doesn't mean that I think you should vote for who I'm voting for. You should vote for who you think you're going to vote for. But if, if you haven't decided, I, I just I don't know what to tell you except hello and welcome to the show. Hey, what happens? What am I here? I'm Jake and you're you. And this is the podcast. And it's, I, you know, this whole, we can't get fixated on our episode numbers. There's a number on this thing when you look at it on your device of your thing. You can see what number it is. I don't have to tell you what number it is. Frankly, I don't even know right now because I'm in the moment of talking to you about things that are important to both of us, hopefully. Hey, so as a relief from this year's election, uh, or this year's, this two years, this, oh, geez, it's going to be over and then it's going to start again almost right away. So if, if you are capable of getting yourself an ice cream, I urge you to please do that early and often before they start running for president again. Uh, thank you to everybody who came to see me uh, in Long Island, on Long Island, in Levittown at Governor's Comedy Club over the weekend. And uh, shout out to all of those of you who might, who might be making plans to come and see me at some other places. Let me tell you where those are while this music plays. Um, I'm going to be at the Hollywood Improv uh, on Melrose Avenue in Hollywood, California, November 26th. That's a Saturday after Thanksgiving. So if you're in the L.A. area and you're looking for something to do with your family after Thanksgiving, it's always a fun show. Saturday, November 26th, Hollywood Improv. Uh, You can check all these dates, by the way, at my website, jakedis.com. I'm going to be in Chicago at the downtown Zanies and also at the Zanies out in Rosemont. And that's December 1st and 2nd, downtown Chicago, the 3rd, out in Rosemont. And uh, check, that, check that out. Please shout out to the Cubs. I've got a Cubs hat. I'm going to bring that. I'm going to wear it. December 8th, 9th, and 10th, I'm going to be in San Francisco at the Punchline, which is uh, my poem starting the early gestational stages of my beginning of my adult self as a comedian. That's where that happened. And I'm going back there to the scene of the spot where that blossoming occurred. Uh, I'll be at the Irvine Improv December 15th through 18th, Irvine, California. And I will be, for New Year's Eve this year, I'm going to be up in Tacoma, Washington, December 29th through 31st. The 31st is New Year's Eve, but we, we're going to we're going to count it down and and blast off all of those nights. So Tacoma Comedy Club, December 29th through 31st. So that that's a lot of things. I've, I've got I'm getting I'm getting some gigs on my calendar for next year, and I'm going to put those on my website too. So you can check that out and be part of that. That is what that's what I need you to do in order to feed my wife and daughter. Well, actually, my wife has a dog. Has a dog. She doesn't have a dog. She has a job. It's very different from a dog. 
so she can feed herself, but I'm, I'm in charge. I'm trying to feed them. I'm trying to feed them all. Maybe that's ego on my part. Maybe I should let my wife feed me for a while. <laughs> like a baby bird. Hey, so the election is going to happen, and you're either going to be excited about the outcome or you're going to be uh, depressed about the outcome, or you're going to be sort of both in kind of different measures intermittently off and on throughout the day. And you don't need me to talk about that or bring that up any more than I already have. So this week's episode, I'm going to be talking to my friend Mike Kaplan, who's been on the show before. I wish I could remember what episode numbers those are. But uh, you got to Google that shit, as I have uh, advised you in the past. Um, his name is Mike, M-Y-Q, Kaplan, K-A-P-L-A-N. So you can Google him. He has a website. He has a podcast. I've been on his podcast I've been on his website, and I encourage you to do both of those things. Plus, follow him on Twitter and Instagram and whatever they think of next for you to follow somebody on. Because as you probably uh, are aware, but you may not be aware, if you're not following the things that you like, they you won't be able to find them. Because they're out there telling you what they're doing and where they are. But if you're not paying attention to that, you're just going to sit in your house going, well, how come I never get to see Mike Kaplan anymore? And it's because you're not following him on Twitter. That's why we haven't gotten together. You're not, well, you know, it doesn't have to be Twitter. Hey, I'm on Facebook Live. I'm doing some Facebook Lives, talking on the, on the live Facebook. So if you can pay attention to that, usually I'd say the day before on Facebook what I'm going to do it the next day. So then if you were free at that time, you could be on there and you could have interactions and uh, rejoinders with me. Uh, that sounds good, doesn't it? To me, sure. It makes me feel good because it's, I'm, I usually am doing it when I'm alone in my house, and then it doesn't feel like I'm so alone anymore. <laughs> I hope that works out for both of us that way. Anyway, this week's guest, Mike Kaplan, I wanted to have him on because he is a uh, uh, proponent, adventurer, uh, traveler in the world of ayahuasca, which has become quite uh, quite known. I mean, Mike, is uh, he's... Uh, I don't think he would mind if I referred to him as a super freak, because he's super freaky, and I mean that in the best possible way. I really enjoy his company. He was nice enough to come over uh, in the morning on his trip to L.A. in the free time that he had to have this conversation where we mostly talk about ayahuasca and his experiences, because I was, I was, am, have been very interested in that as a as a opening up, waking up, changing the things in my life that are holding me back kind of doorway teacher medicine. And uh, why, because it is, uh, it's illegal in the United States of America. And so it, it's not, it's not a readily available, you got to search it out. And then you got to talk to a dude and oh, you got to trust that dude. Anyway, Mike has done all that homework for himself. And he has also traveled outside the United States to countries where it is legal or where it may not be legal, but the jurisdiction of the United States government is uh, is not involved in uh, or interested in uh, dealing with hassling him about those things. So he's telling his story. So now you can find out, uh, well, hopefully, a lot of things that you wanted to know about ayahuasca, not everything, because uh, I think to do that, you have to do it. And so... This could be either a step down that road or a step off of that road for you or me or both of us. I'm curious to know your thoughts. As always, you can tweet me at Jake This. You can email me, Jake at JakeThis.com. I read them all. I don't answer them all right away because, OMG, I... Well, 
who knows? They're, that's why I'm trying to think about taking ayahuasca. But like, find out what's holding me back from answering your emails. I, that's what I'd like to know. I'd like to know. It could be that I'm just an ass. Uh, but I don't like to. I don't want to face that down. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to realize that until the last minute. Anyway, this has been uh, a few minutes of me talking prior to you getting to listen to me talk to the person who you're interested in listening to me talk to, and that is going to happen right now, ladies and gentlemen. Mike Kaplan. I'm turning it on. I'm turning it on. So it's officially on now. I'm ready. Yeah, no, uh, that's how I feel too. For a podcast, I feel like there's only there's only ready. You can't yeah. be not ready to do a podcast. No. At any moment in today's day and age, you could be on a podcast. Yeah, it's. I guess I guess I'm okay with it. I mm-hmm. guess I'm okay with it. I it, there was that judging like, do I do I like being part of this sort of uh, groundswell of maybe this is good and maybe it's not good. But I, I think I like it now. I definitely do. Well, it's now it used the thing about podcasting is that not everybody knows. I mean, even still, not everybody in the world or America knows what it is or participates in it. Like, the older you are, the less likely, probably. The younger you are, the more you're familiar. Like, and it's sort of the same thing as stand-up comedy. Like, not everybody... Everybody knows that it's a thing. Like, I've, oh, I've heard of a podcast. I know, I know there is stand-up, but not everybody goes to stand-up. So, like, when people... When comedians... You know, so many comedians have podcasts, but I've heard people say, well, why should I have a podcast? Everybody has a podcast. And, like, you're a comedian. Why should you be a comedian? Everyone's a comedian. Like, why should you do anything? There's uh, 7 billion people. Right. Well, and it depends on what you're trying to do, right? That's the trick. Is Because I think most people think, oh, I'm having a podcast because I want to get so famous, and then more people will come to my comedy show. And certainly that is a part of what I the dream. am doing. <laughs> but but the, also the, the thing is, no, I'm just sharing, I'm also just sharing a piece of my life and my friendships with other people on the internet so that you can listen to it and it's 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 not quite traditionally a, a show like we haven't worked out a script and nope. we haven't uh, got a big master plan and we're not selling tickets it's free but so it's somewhere it's better i think than some crappy talk radio and you don't have to listen. Well, that's if, a strong endorsement. <laughs> it? It's better than some crappy talk radio. It definitely is, and it's maybe it's not as good as some wonderful talk radio. <laughs> maybe on on occasions, yeah. Well, so anyway, here you are. Here we are. Yes, thank here you we are. for having me. And so, yes, I'm glad that you could come over at this early time. It's it's nine o'clock. That was that ding on my phone was the reminder. That's the it's nine o'clock alarm. What are you doing? Uh, well, I live in New York City, and I, when I come out here for you know short stints, sometimes my my brain stays on New York time. So for me, it's noon. Uh, yeah. Well, when I texted you as I was waking up this morning, I thought, oh, well, this will be he'll wake up and then see this. But you responded right away. You were up. It happened. Yeah. That that's right around. It was really you know, between seven and eight. Is, yeah. is when I wake up when I'm in Los Angeles. And you've got a you've got a thick schedule while you're here too, right? You're doing podcasts. Self imposed, but yes, yeah. definitely. Well, one of the things I wanted to ask you about was uh, some things that we have had in our text messaging, of course, life. But I don't know if you want to talk about. I'm happy to talk about anything. You did the ayahuasca experience, yes. And so, 
I am very curious about that because I've been reading about it, hearing about it on places like Joe Rogan's podcast. Although he hasn't done ayahuasca, he's only done, or only he's done DMT. <laughs> he has he, merely streamlined. He's, he's only blasted himself into space in a cannon in a tiny bathing suit. Whereas that's I, all he's done. <laughs> I take my time. I walk down to the jacuzzi of the universe. I dip my toe in slowly, I gradually enter, and then I'm in the same place uh, for, I mean, the, I think the active, the highest peak of the experience is probably about the same amount of time, I'm told, is maybe only 20 minutes, but the whole experience, getting there and coming down, it, it can be hour. it's hours. Uh-huh. Uh, you drink, you know, you drink it in a tea form, and then you, uh, it, you know, when, I've smoked DMT once, mm-hmm. and that, you know, immediately you take, I took three hits, and then I was in the other place. So, but but it, there's enough of a time lag that you're taking the third hit and then you're there, or are you there after the first hit and you're taking two more to try and maintain your altitude? Uh, no, the, the first two hits didn't... I, I still felt like I was in my body and reality, and I didn't... No, not knowing what the experience would be, I was like, I don't think anything is different. And then when I took the third one, that you know, just immediately launched it. Like, it wasn't cumulative. It was just, like, one, two, three, you know. Uh, and then I had to, you know, lay down with my eyes closed for the next, what was probably 15 minutes. Scary? Was it scary? A little bit, yeah. I had done I had done Salvia. Are you familiar with Salvia? I've heard that name before, but I don't know what that is. I think it was most made uh, famous in the culture by Miley Cyrus. She was one time <laughs> publicly, quote-unquote, shamed for, oh boy, you yeah. know, being a an experimenting human being. Um, salvia was my least favorite drug experience. Uh, and it, but it, it was a nice, it, at looking back, uh, a nice stepping stone towards DMT, towards ayahuasca, because it made me sort of completely dissociate, not know that the un- that I was a thing anymore, which maybe I'm not, maybe the self is an illusion. But, you know, for at least while we're alive, the self is a, f- a fairly useful illusion. Well, you kind of need it to be able to get around. So to not have that, well, you're not panicked then to not have it because you don't have it. So who's panicked? You're I not, was, yeah, are no, you, I, well, I or was, are you? I was... On, sal- on mushrooms, I don't panic. On salvia, I was a little panicky. Like, and, am I going to get back? Yes. I mean, yeah, I was like... Because that's, that, that's the first panic that I c- can imagine. Exactly. I mean, I did sincerely... In the Salvia was only two minutes, I was told. There were people around me, but I didn't know... Like, I lost touch with the mm-hmm. connective, you know, tissue of reality. And I was just like, oh, maybe it, if... I have jokes about it I've, uh, that I've just recorded on a new album, but so check that out coming soon. And what's that going to be called? No kidding. It's about how I don't want kids. Ah, interesting. Um, All right, but no, let's not get on that. No, no, no. But so in this salvia trip, the like you know the the idea is that mushrooms makes me feel like we're all one, and I'm like, well, if we're all one, then salvia made me feel like, well, then it's just me and I'm alone. And so I was like, I am just the lonely universe. So you are still you are still you you are still a thing but you're completely disconnected from all other things. I think so. Or I also felt like I was this sort of universal accordion where if I you know moved in one direction I was my mother and then I was my grandmother and then I could be you know tap into being anybody. I guess only the people that I specifically knew. But uh, that was so that, that was that both, was salvia. Yes, that was both comforting and also scary. Yeah, didn't uh, care for it. Yes. Two minutes and you were back. Yes, and very glad to be back and, and to not never going do it again. again. Yeah, no, don't have. I mean, maybe I would. I, no, I, there's many other experiences that I'm 
and happier do, to have. Uh, there are people who are strong endorsers of it. Mm. Usually, like, when I talk about it on stage, I'll, you know, if people respond as though they know what it is and they've done it, I'll sometimes ask. Very few people have done it many, many times. Uh, but some people are like, I've done it a lot, like three times. And so some people have had positive experiences on it, and I'm not saying that's impossible, just speaking to my own. Uh, I wouldn't call it positive. Right, right, right. And then, so then contrast that with then you try the DMT. Yes. So it had a, a very similar characteristic uh, that, you know, it brought me to this completely, you know, out of my out of my consciousness, seemingly, or that my consciousness completely shifted, that I didn't feel like myself, I didn't trust any knowledge of anything that had come before. I was like, is this right now everything? And, but it also was more thrilling in a way. It was definitely scary because the emo- I couldn't control the emotions like that were sort of heightened and running through my body. But then there were these visuals of sort of, you know, uh, swirling hieroglyphics and kind of, I guess what today would be emojis, you know, uh, just these totemic, you know, sort of ancient tribal seeming, which is, I think, what a lot of people end up seeing. And you've got that, your eyes are closed. Yes. Yeah. I was told uh, my, my DMT guide was my friend Shane Moss, who I don't know if you're familiar with. I was just talking to uh, a friend, I can't remember which day it was, I think it was two days ago, who was telling me about Shane, and he's doing some kind of Psychonaut. Oh, yeah. Uh, show. He's yeah. got a show that he's doing that he's touring in small venues. Yes, I think uh, it's starting pretty soon, so if I mean, he's a good friend of mine that I started out with in Boston, and he's hilarious, and this show is called A Good Trip, I believe. I'd like and to it, go see it when it's in town. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. also want to find out from him how he's or how he's arranged that, because I'm also in, interested in that aspect of it. Oh, so, yes, definitely. Shane Moss. So yes. we know, we both were on the same page as far as Shane Moss goes. Yes. And he was your psycho, psychonaut guide as far as DMT. Yes, he has done, DM, he has smoked DMT dozens of times. Uh-huh. And so he, and he loves it. And he recommends it, and he, so he recommended it to me. Mm-hmm. And so he's there, like, talking me through the only, like, I have... I have access to hearing. I can hear him talking, but I don't also don't trust that he's not the devil at certain points. Like, cause he's like, just keep your eyes closed. And because sometimes if you open your eyes, then the journey will stop and you will have wasted the stuff that went into your body. I see. Uh, so I was like, and I, we're supposed to say that this allegedly happened and it didn't, it may not necessarily have been in the United States of America. Oh yeah. We're not saying where on planet earth. <laughs> no, this, this right. is all. Yes. Okay. I mean, I think, Shane has talked about it. I've talked about it. I don't mind. But the person that that the listener might n- think of as Shane Moss may not necessarily be the same person that the police would want to. Oh, uh, definitely talk to. not. No, yeah, no, no. Those are two different people. Characters. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, the self is an illusion, so there right. is no Shane. Moss. So we're Moss. back to that. So <laughs> someone who you choose to call Shane Moss. Oh yeah. Is telling you. Keep your eyes closed. My Patronus, Shane yeah, Ross. I see, I, right. Yes. Yeah, so he could I'm, be you, right? So he's yeah. your, which your Patronus is like your spirit animal if you're not familiar with Harry Potter. Which uh, I now I now say Patronus because uh, one time I made a joke about uh, using the term spirit animal and was uh, essentially uh, sort of gently uh, scolded at worst, but. Uh, informed at best that uh, the using that language is potentially seen as appropriative, misappropriative of Native American culture, and so why not uh, why not say Patronus when because that language is completely available, and I understand I understand all uh, the sides of it. I guess I don't want to appropriate anybody's culture. Of but course. On the one hand, on the other hand, look, 
I feel like we're allowed to say words that are in English that are a version of a thing that someone said in their native culture language that we're so so when oh, yeah. I say spirit animal that doesn't necessarily mean what you as a Native American are offended by me saying spirit animal I may be talking about a different thing Absolute, I, wish, yeah. I wish Shane Moss were here right now <laughs> anyway mean, so yeah, your yes. Patronus yes. Shane's your Patron, yes. Patronus and so he you know he was the one who's like take take three hits lay back and then uh, he was you know He's like, what are you seeing? You know, like, or like, he was sort of just helping me. Uh, he's like, are you okay? Everything good? And I was like, okay. You know, it was for a while. I don't know how long, uh, maybe of the 15 minutes, maybe the first five minutes were this, you know, really scary part of it. And then it got to this very calm, more beautiful, uh, you know, nice feeling place where I was like, okay. But the DMT experience itself was, was ultimately fast. And like a, all of these are sort of like dreams where... I only have flashes of them now, you know. You can't, like, immediately after you remember it, and then you, even if you write it down, to go back and have a re- recollection of it is Correct. Di- difficult. I mean, if you write things down, then probably you have a better chance of remembering or at least being able to check. Yeah, yeah. But, but still, yeah. You, and I know that this is probably confusing to people who are listening. I'm really curious about this, and I apologize if you're <laughs> listening and you're not. But when anybody talks about something that happened to them, what a, what a, what a intoxicating out of your normal state of... Yes. Consciousness, what that's like in words, it's, it can be difficult. But yes. it, so, so then, so the DMT though, I've heard that that's a, that's like a 20 minute thing or is that, or is it? Yeah, a, it could be t- 10 to 20 minutes. Okay. And so then cut to two years ago. So that was probably like two and a half, three years ago. Mm-hmm. And then exactly, almost exactly two years ago, uh, this month, two years ago is the first time that I went to a ceremony where, <laughs> excuse me, ayahuasca was doled out uh and you want to go to a ceremony did you have a singer chanter whatever they call that person? yes the, sometimes um, they call them an ayahuascaro sometimes I, I i use the word guide just yeah. in general uh facilitator this man uh does not call himself a shaman uh there might be people that do there mm-hmm. might not uh he is a man who has, he doesn't this, yeah. call himself a patronus he does not uh he but he does so he does throughout the ceremony he guides it, you know, he's the one who has, he makes the stuff. Uh, uh-huh. you and know. would you, would would he be someone from another country or? or, or he is a you, Peruvian man. Yeah, okay. Uh, who has been working with these, this plant and other plants uh, for over two decades. So my two worries when dealing with that, you know, when you go down there, you worry that you you might be dealing with some, because people do go to Peru on these tours. They where do. They go I, down and they'll... Yeah. And the idea is you stay in some kind of huts, and they provide your bucket and your sleeping bag, and you, you you're there for a week, and you do it three times. Uh, yeah, I did it. We did it five times. I went to Peru in April. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, great! So you've had all of the experiences that I'm curious about. I have. This is uh, perfect. So I mean, the def- definitely you don't want to go to somebody who is not whatever, reputable or capable. But there that's are, the tricky thing. Yes. You go on the internet and you don't know, are you dealing with a guy who's going to be a, a problem or are you dealing with someone who's going to be okay with you? And it, and and I suppose that that can change over time. You know, some somebody realizes down there, oh, I've got people coming in and I'm charging them this money and I don't have to give them the full experience. I can half-ass it. They won't know the difference or I can, I can do some naughty, you know, you hear about uh, a little bit of inappropriate touching 
I mean, in some cases. Let me uh, let me make an analogy. You know, when people are trying to decide what comedy show or comedian they should go to, like if you don't know anything about comedy, you just go to well, the, I'll go to the comedy club on any given night, and maybe you'll see a master, and maybe you'll see somebody who was in movies and was like, I can make money from doing comedy, I suppose. Right. And so, like, I can just, you know, I can fill an hour of talking, and so that is, and then they'll they'll come away from that being like, well, I don't know about that experience. But the odds that you're going to get mildly sexually assaulted at a comedy club are so small that's compared fair. to yes. flying to Peru for an ayahuasca ceremony. I feel like that's a that's a slight danger. Certainly. I So I would recommend, the way that I recommend, I mean, the, sco- the scopes are 100% different. But if somebody said to me, or if somebody said to anybody... How would you yeah, say, okay, yeah. this is a better question. Sure. Someone's going to go down and do... Well, first, talk about... So the order that you did it was you, you were part of a ceremony that was not in Peru. That was allegedly yeah, most of, not yeah. in Peru. Most of the ceremonies I have done have not been... You know, I'm not going to name names and places, but I'm happy to say that the, the some version of myself has done this in America. Right. Um, with, with this Peruvian man who also lives in America and, you know, travels the world. And so the way that I would, I was lucky. And then you would be part of a network. Then you're, then now you're networking or talking to other people who are interested in the same kind of experience that you're having. And I'm assuming that's where you got a reference of someone to go see in Peru or someplace. I actually went with the same, the same guide takes trips to Peru. So he, I've only done it with the same human Mm -hmm. being. Uh, And I was lucky that the way that I found him was by word of mouth from another comedian friend who came on my podcast and talked to me about his experience with it. And I'd heard of it. I'd heard of it, and I knew, I was like, oh, the thing where you go to the jungle and throw up? No, thank you. You know? Um, yeah, well, I heard you don't just... You're not, it's not necessarily throwing up. You might also get diarrhea. Uh, and the way that this guy... The guide, before any ceremony, says, like, you know, we do give you the buckets, and there are bathrooms, so that if you need to use the toilet, use the toilet. He's like, it's not a diarrhea experience. It could happen. Uh, it's not a vomiting experience. It can happen. Uh, there are certain plants that are explicitly diarrhea, like purging experiences uh, that he went through, like when he started learning from these other plant masters. Oh, I see. Because you can make the ayahuasca tea with different different plants. Is not that even what he's saying, or not ayahuasca, or just different different different, different plants. Okay, I see. Yes, but so ayahuasca has a range of effects in that department on different people. Yes, and so you may. Your your results may vary. That is, e- even on yourself. Like, the first probably five times I did it, I did not throw up. And then I did, and now I would say maybe I throw up half the time. I'm uh-huh. estimating loosely. But I was just fortunate that, you know, my friend had a positive experience, and so he, you know, referred me. And you're doing it with a group of people. Yeah, the first time was probably 20 to 30 people. And and would you say that that, that statistic of half of the people throw up is accurate amongst the, the, the rest of the group? I mean, not that you're observing them closely. but You hear, just... uh, you definitely hear it happening throughout. I mean, it, and when the experience is four hours, usually anyone's in, except for like rare occasions, I would say most people, like, when I throw up, it's never been more than like a few. Two minutes. It's not like know. food poisoning dry heaves. You no, no. Up and you get done. it out of you, and then sometimes it also helps like launch you further into the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. And so before you've done it, like I, I understand. I knew where I was. Like I didn't want to throw up. That's my general state of being. I'm not crazy yeah. about throwing up, but if I had to choose between throwing up or surprised explosive diarrhea. Oh, yeah. I'm going to choose throwing up. So what about the diarrhea? That's really never been... Much more rare. I, oh, yeah. I mean, I've 
I've never known somebody to have a problem. Okay. Like, you know, anytime anyone's needed to use the bathroom, they've they gotten to the bathroom. They go and they get there and they're buttoned in. Okay. Yes. And there's always assistance around if people do need extra help. And they also advise, at least when I've read about this on the internet in, in Peru, the, the tours to Peru, yes. they, they have a diet that they recommend that oh, you yeah. adhere to for the first, for two weeks ahead of it. Or yeah, more, or they more. call it a dieta sometimes. And so I, I think you're already vegan though. So I am. You're pretty clean. To I am close to it though, and so the, I think the dieta is a much, uh, an even stricter version of like the diet that they recommend. Say for the first time that I did it, they they sent me you know some forms of like here's what we recommend, mm-hmm. and the diet that's recommended is you know vegan uh, for for three days or like you know maybe a week before, but they say like for three days before the ceremony and for three days after, uh, you know no meat, no dairy, no fried foods. No, you know, limited caffeine, like no limited other substances, like no alcohol, uh, and yeah, and that's about it. And the and the purpose of that is to to get that stuff out of your system, and also to, to you know, it, it's then it's not going to interact. You're not going to have any interactions. With yes, physiologically, I'm I don't yeah. I'm not a scientist in in this world. Yeah. But I do know that there are you know there's certain if you're on certain medications, they say you don't don't do, don't do this. Uh, sometimes I know people who have like who have had, you know, they got off their medication and then they did it, but they still didn't have the experience. Like, I've never known anyone to have it go extremely awry, uh, but I know that there can there can be certain people who have certain reactions. Talk about talk about a little bit what what drew you to trying trying it. Um, well, I guess my... I, growing up, I didn't do any drugs. My parents were like, don't do it. And I was like, good idea. I'm uh, happy to not. And you're not a drinker either now. Uh, you know, this is... A, I, I definitely, like... If if I say I don't drink and then somebody sees me drinking a glass of wine, I mostly only like I do sometimes drink alcohol. Last night I was at uh, Bar Lubitsch for a show, mm-hmm. and they that this my this is the place where I'll the, the kind of situation where I'll drink the most is where they have like nice cocktails that are free for performers. Uh, like I only really drink because I'm sometimes one of the perks of being a comedian is that you get drinks. Right, but you're not going for it and waking up with hangovers and that kind of thing. No, I, I did, I've done that a couple, like every once, you know, every once in okay. a while, that happens, and I'm like, oh, don't do that. I, I'm perfectly content with my non-alcohol mindset. I guess I just kind of yeah. wanted to 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 make the yeah. point that even though there are plenty of people who are party people who yes. do ayahuasca, I'm it's not. not. It's not a. It's not, and it's not. People aren't doing it for the party purpose, generally speaking. Oh no, those there are some people that might have that idea about it, and then those people will be, like, sort of uh, removed from the mailing list. Uh-huh. Like, there are, like, there there was a person, I remember, who would who, were, who was at a number of ceremonies in New York over the past few years, but has not been recently because I think this person had not, uh, you know, was not on the same, was not doing it for the right reasons. I see. Uh-huh. And so, no, was no longer invited. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is like you know, I think I don't know if if anyone's done mushrooms. Like I'll tell you, this is a I'm I'm sort of working on a chunk of material about it as well, about ayahuasca. And but this is the guide is very funny. I can tell I can actually I'll I'll tell you the funniest thing that he ever did that is like better than almost any joke that I've heard in a moment. But the ver- the very first time I met him, the first ceremony, he he's coming around to everybody, saying hello to the people that he knows introducing himself to the people that he doesn't know and he asks me have you done this before and i said no and he said have you done mushrooms and i said yes and he said good 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 
<laughs> they're very different. <laughs> uh, and that was funny to me. And he's a meat because he he knows what he's doing. Uh-huh. Um, but I had... So the... Let's see. I'm in the middle of a lot of things. Um, yes, I was not a party... I was not ever a gigantic, you know, get-wasted party person. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, but the point is that mushrooms, when I, when I found those, like... I, I smoked pot for the first time when I was about 24. Uh-huh. Because my then future ex-wife would uh she was really into it she was like she was a musician she loved pot for the creativity that she mm-hmm. felt it helped her be a conduit of uh and she's like wanted me to experience that i tried it i didn't love it i still almost never love pot uh but then a year later we were doing a music festival together and somebody bought one of my cds and gave me money wrapped around a mushroom and i'd heard of mushrooms and i was i was read about I'm like oh these let me try this uh-huh. And so I did, out of curiosity, like, I, you know, I'd done research. I know that mushrooms are, mushrooms and pot are both, you know, as far as drugs go, the most harmless. Like, you need the most, I read, I read a study once of uh, ranking drugs on a list of, like, heroin down to pot as far as how much you need to take to get high compared to how much you need to take to overdose and die. I see. And heroin, the, the amount that you need to overdose and die is not They're too far. Together. Yeah, not too far past the high. Whereas mm-hmm. pot, like, it's, if there are any examples of people overdosing on pot, it's like, you know, the rarest thing in the world, and they must have had so much pot. Right. Or something else is going on. And right. so the same thing with mushrooms. So I'm like, I'd done the research. But yeah. you can take what they call a heroic dose and wind up in a in a kind of a scary oh, situation yeah. where you, you're on a little soap bubble thread back to yourself. Oh, yeah. I'm no hero. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, and so... I trust, you know, when I, when I, whenever I get, you know, mushrooms or, or anything, uh, I like, that's the good thing. The thing that I like about ayahuasca is that the guide knows how much he's like, you know, he gives you this little shot glass and he tells people, uh, in order, this is not dangerous in order for it to be dangerous. You would need 50 of these shot glasses at once. Uh, Mm -hmm. and so similarly with mushrooms, you know, when I, whenever I've purchased mushrooms or been given mushrooms, I always say like, how many of these should I take? And they're like, well, if you just want to have a little feeling, take this much. If you want to have like the full on, you know, normal mushroom journey, this much. And if you want to have a heroic journey, which is still not dangerous, but just, you know, varsity level above and beyond graduate school, then take this much. Uh, and so I like that there's a set amount that goes in your body. Well, but then you're uh, yeah. trusting some dude to tell you what that set amount is. That's where it gets a little scary to me. That's fair. And that's, I think, another reason why it would be good for drugs to be legal. So there can be nutritional content. and you Sure. Know, yeah. 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 Um, and so, yeah. But the, the fact is that any, for any of these things, you have to trust somebody. You have to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going in. He says, does everybody take the same amount when you're doing the ceremony? Or? I think that, I mean, he, I think he determines for, if he, if he knows people. If you've been there, this is your third time, he might say, oh, here, you can have a little. Yes. Yeah. But also there are some people that, you know, a tiny amount will make them launch into space farther than a giant amount sure. will for somebody else. It's, it's not even due to body size or, I, I don't know. He's, he's the expert. For new people, he usually starts you off on a smaller dose and then comes around and checks throughout the evening. And if you aren't feeling the effects, then he'll offer you more. So the first time you do it, you go to the place and uh, what, ha- what happens? Uh, so everybody gathers in, uh, you know, what is often, it can be like an art space, a, a yoga studio, a some, you know, some sort of quiet place. Because you're going to be there for a while. Yeah, four, four-ish hours, maybe more. Uh, every, you know, some people will gather maybe at like nine at night, and mm-hmm. then at about ten, you know, everybody sort of 
gets settled, has a yoga mat, has a blanket, has a whatever they have around, usually like sort of in a circle around the room, mm-hmm. and you know the guide will be at you know the head or sort of you know one if like a semicircle around him. Uh, he will he has these sort of ceremonial uh, uh, tobacco called mapacho that he'll sometimes you know. Uh, smoke and then blow the smoke in the the four directions and there there's all kinds of ceremonial aspects to it that seem cool to me that I don't know the exact uh, origins of sometimes he talks about them uh, sometimes there's like oils uh, and eventually you know we sit down he talks for a little bit and he says now we'll start the ceremony and people go up one by one get the shot thank you go back sit down he also drinks mm-hmm. uh, not as much as he would if he wasn't leading the ceremony. But uh, then the lights go off. You know, there's enough like, candles so you can get to the bathroom, but mostly you're in the dark. He's like, you close your eyes, you don't talk, you just wait, you go with it, no expectations. And then it can take, you know, sometimes it can t- kick in very soon, sometimes it's an hour. Results may vary. For him, he says when he starts to feel it, he then starts guiding the ceremony with these songs called Ikaros. Right, which are traditional songs. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, in different, a lot of them are in Quechua language. Uh, sometimes they're in Spanish. Sometimes there's actually a friend of mine will sing some uh, in different languages, including English, uh, which is weirder to hear. Because, right, because now you understand what they're saying. It's easier to kind of take a little dream. Oh yeah, float. So, so then what's happening? What do you? What do you? You're you're seeing? Do you have your eyes closed? Yes, eyes closed. I mean, sometimes I will. If it gets, if like visuals get, you know, very intense, like you can open your eyes. Like for this, unlike the smoking DMT, opening your eyes doesn't make the experience stop. Like it can, it can be nice to be grounded and be like, okay, yeah. It just reorients you in the physical world. Here I am in this room. uh, But even then, sometimes the, you know, the the emotion or the feeling of the the effect, I guess, the effect of the thing, can be can be overwhelming. like there have been times when I've taken more than let's say more than necessary. I, I've never been like sometimes you get like sometimes your body like the second time I did it, my body I felt like physically like vibrated in a way that I'd never experienced. And how long is all of that lasting? Couldn't tell. I mean, it's like dream time. Like when it when the effects are on, uh, you can try to judge based on like. Oh, okay, he's singing this one thing now, and then he stops, and then he's singing another thing, and then he stops. But like, you're not looking at your phone. You're not. But at no some clock. point, you're you're you brought it in for a landing, and you're like, now I'm gonna drink some water and go to sleep. Uh, I mean, yes. Or the way that it usually uh, shakes out is this. You know, the ceremony is. You know, I don't know how many he'll how many he'll sing. Uh huh. But there's all then usually there's a part of the ceremony at the end where he comes around and then blows smoke on you in a sort of a, a, a traditional ceremonial ritual way, which is very, uh, like, not sort of surprising the first time when you're like, oh, I don't know what's happening. This man is, he's like, just sit up and I'm going to. And then he blows smoke on you in different ways, mm-hmm. which are then eventually you're like, oh, this is, I love this. This is, a, I mean, every part of it is, it's not always a lovable part, and I'll get back to that in a thing. But then after that, there's usually one more, uh, you know, song, and then he will at the end of that settle down, and then the ring a chime, and that'll be like. And here's this is actually a perfect time for me to tell you the what I think is the funniest thing that he's ever done for me. Okay, uh, that makes me be like, I'm a comedian. I don't know how how you did this, and I don't want to. I don't want to blow it up too. I don't want to build it up too much, and I probably have already. But 
it was uh, maybe a year and a half ago, um, and I guess that's not important, but uh, I just remember specifically when it was. It was Super Bowl weekend, 2015, and we had the ceremony ended. And the way that it, it always, afterwards, he always says some version of, like, well, well, dear sisters, brothers, we are in the finish of our ceremony for tonight. One more time, I'd like to give thanks to Mother Ayahuasca, for she gives teachings and medicine. One more time, I'd like to give thanks to Mother Earth, for she gives food, home, path, and work. One more time, I'd like to give thanks to the creator of the heaven and the earth, for is our true master, our deepest self, self-love. Thank you so much to you, every one of you, for come here and make possible this meeting with Ayahuasca like a meditation. Thank you so much. And he always says that, some mm-hmm. version of that. Almost sometimes exactly that every time. And it's meaningful and beautiful. And then this one time, right after he finished saying that, music starts playing from his phone. And the music is... (laughs) That's all, folks. And as it started, we're like, oh no, somebody's phone... And to realize that he had done that for fun, on purpose, like juxtaposing the most sincere, authentic, genuine you know, beautiful gratitude for uh-huh. this experience with Looney Tunes. Yeah. It nice. was... The room lost it. <laughs> well, you're also also coming off of a powerful That's drug experience. certainly the case. Um, and then how long has that been since you got there? So you get there at nine, what time is it now? That could be probably between, I would say, one and two, maybe, maybe two in the morning. Yeah, probably we started drinking at ten, uh-huh. and it... From like ten to two is probably the. And then are you have and then and then and then so that's four hours. Yes. Then four hours, and, not including the first hour. And then you might still be. I mean, some people are still potentially experiencing the effects. Right. Because just because the ceremony's over doesn't mean that your body is done with it. Right. So then, uh, he says, you know, slowly, you know, no, nobody has to leave immediately. Take your time. We're gonna put food out. Like some people have brought food. Like you know, the the helpers and people. Everybody sort of puts food in the middle of the room. Like you know. Fruit, nuts, hummus, uh, different things. And you also haven't eaten in potentially 12 hours at this point. Because not all, in addition to setting up the diet in advance, you don't eat. If you're doing, if you're doing it at 9 at night, then they say don't eat anything past like 2 or 3 that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and only have like a light, light food in the morning because you don't want to have tons of stuff. And I did it once with a lot in my stomach, and that was a physically painful experience. Oh, oh I see. Uh, and some people can, but it's different for everybody. But I, that's a guideline that makes sense to me because I didn't. You violated I, it. I mean, at, I was at two fifty-five. I was like, it's not three yet. Like, rah, 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 rah. I like legitimately just had a lot of food. I was like, I should be okay. I'm following quote unquote the rules. Uh, and then that experience was a physically painful, but emotionally, it was a very conflicting cognitive dissonance. And then, so so then you have a little something to eat. That also helps you. There's tea that help that helps sort of flush your system. And then, are you crawling home at four in the morning, or do you do you stay there till the sun comes up? Or uh, most can people go, can you lie down and take a nap? Or uh, most uh, usually people do leave at a, you know at their own rate. Uh, I'll mm-hmm. sometimes stay. It's actually becomes like a very nice communal like experience for people who want. Some people stay in. Well, some people either leave or just stay in their sleeping bag area and just are still processing and focusing and not being social. But for people who want to like gather around the food and talk quietly, mm-hmm. sometimes I get excited and uh, 
uh, you know, every, you know, like because there are you know everybody's having different experiences. Like the reason not to talk during the the thing is you don't want to ruin you know yeah, like yeah. insert yourself into somebody else's journey. And so some people are still on the journey, but everybody else, it's just this really warm environment where even you know people that you don't know, like now you know, like you you hug strangers because they're not strangers anymore. Like you don't necessarily. My friend Zach Sherwin, who you know, a uh, good friend of mine, he's done these as well, and. We talk about how he has a buddy who loves movies and like writes about movies and analyzes movies. And one of his movie rules is, don't talk about the movie while you're still in the theater. Like the movie ends. Yeah, me too. So that's a good rule. Yeah, I have that same rule. It's a good one because you don't want you don't want to be subjecting other people to your experience, opinion of right. the movie. Let everybody have we their all own experience. Pay our own money. Yeah, we all are. Yeah, and so, so similar here, you know. Some people, you know, maybe newer, you know, people newer to the experience, they're excited, they want to, but it's just sort of like a, hey, we're all, we all did a thing, here we are, mm-hmm. you know, like, eventually maybe it can be exciting to talk to people about, you know, hey, what did you see, what did you learn, what did you like? Well, I'm, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm more interested in, like, hey, they're locking it up <coughs> and you gotta go home, but I'm, I can't go home yet. That happened to me once. There was one time when I was the last person, there was, I think there were only, like, seven people at this ceremony, and, uh... Everybody had left except for me and one assistant who was, like, sort of tidying up. We're in a yoga studio that, uh, you know, is being used for this. And I was more affected still at, like, coming up to six in the morning. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, four hours more than the, the ceremony had lasted. Uh, and I was, like, I knew that I had... I, that, that, was the, that was the only... It was, it was a high-pressure situation because they're, like... At six in the morning, this turns back into a yoga studio. People are going to come here and start bending over. Yeah, which sounds good, but like yeah. we've no, like, we got to leave. You. Yeah, yeah, no, you're like I need to be somewhere where no one's doing anything. And at that, in that experience, I was like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, this person was helping me, but like we're also on the second floor, so I'm like, I don't even know. I don't think I can walk downstairs right now. I have to gather up my things. My car was outside. I'd driven there, uh, but I was like, I don't even. Forgetting, forgetting about what I'm going to do when I get in the car. Like, I'm not going to drive the car right now. Right. But, uh, I mean, I'll, what, I, what ended up happening was I, I, did, I threw up. I hadn't thrown up the whole experience, but I threw up, and that helped me get back to at least a clear enough state of mind that I'm like, I can gather my things and walk down the stairs slowly, put everything in my car, get in my car, and then fall asleep. I like, so I just took a nap in the car, and then I think I actually called an Uber and just left the car mm-hmm. outside the yoga studio. You Ubered home and then got the car the next day. Wow. But almost, that's, that's, that's a rarity. Every other time I've like come down enough to my, I've come back to myself and been like, I'm fine to drive after a couple hours. And, and what, so the two things, like what is the takeaway that you get from this experience? What did, what, what going into it were you looking for? Sure. And what did you get out of it? Obviously you've done it a number of times. So there's something about this that is, uh, beneficial and great yes. for you. Uh, I think, I mean, there's so many things in my life that are like this now where I've started, you know, I started using this meditation app headspace where do you like that? I started with headspace and, uh, I I liked the first ten week introduction, but then I kind of found I don't need that guy talking to me all the time. 
Which is totally fine. Uh, I I like him talking to me so far. I'm I'm only on week, you know, in the second ten. I'm on like day eighteen or something. So you're, but you're a subscriber now. I did subscribe. So okay, so so many things are like this in your life. You started to do Headspace. I'm also a meditator, yes. so we're on the same. Well, this okay. is probably why I'm curious because we're we're sim- we're in similar kind of personal growth. We are in stages the satsang of, of, or sangha. Have you heard of those words? Yeah. Uh, I've been listening to Ramdas as well. I don't know if you're familiar with this gentleman. I know yeah. I know who Ramdas is and I've heard I can't I don't think I've heard him on uh, Duncan Trussell. Duncan's podcast, yeah. but I listen to Duncan's I oh, yeah. I want to meet Duncan one of these days cuz oh, you see you like, should. And, Absolutely. And I and we're friends now with the uh, uh, the same guy Dr. Chris Ryan a little bit. Of so. course, of course. Yeah. So, okay, to, but to, I'll answer your specific question. So, back to the guy who got me into the group, that who brought me to my first ceremony. The thing that he told me on my podcast about what he experienced was, he's like, in a nutshell, I was an angry person. I would fight people for no reason. Like, I didn't know him. I knew him, a fellow comedian, just like a guy I kind of knew. Uh-huh. But he's like, I went and had this experience, and now I am, like, I have, you know, he's like, I can still, it's not a, a miracle fix-all, but he's like, for a while, I was like, I don't want to be that angry person. He's like, my dad is a sociopath who has tried to poison me on different occasions. He's like, I, and my dad has pushed away other people, and... Oh, my God. And he's like, the, the response that he had with ayahuasca was, I love my dad, and I want to reach my dad, and I want to, you know, be there as much as I can for him because he is a human being, and even though he is this person who... He's like, I want, I don't want his anger. He's like, I want his anger out of me. He's like, I recognize that the anger that I have comes from, at least in part, him. And his comes from, you know, however far back, like, you know, this, like, line of fear and insecurity and, you know, the way that life, life happens. Right. And, but he's like, I am, he, he is a kind, I only know him now as a, a kind, caring, loving, you know, fellow, like, you know, a brother, uh, and that's what ayahuasca did for him. And so I'm like, I'm not an angry person. I, I, you know, I have, obviously, I have ups and downs and emotional reactions to things. And I have, you know, various anxieties. Uh, and so I'm like, I, I'm just curious. The, and the reason I brought up mushrooms is that sometimes you do mushrooms and you're like just laughing with your friends. And sometimes you do mushrooms and you're like, these seem like truths of the universe. Right, right. And so I understood that ayahuasca could be another, you know, it's more that it's it's very sometimes it is euphoric sometimes there are moments of euphoria and moments of hell sometimes but almost always even the worst t- here's an here's one specific example of a time that usually the pattern the way it feels for me is like there's a little anxiety going in because you don't know what's going to happen you don't know what it's going to do to you physically emotionally you don't know what you're going to think about and feel about like i've thought sometimes about people that I've hurt, you know, regrets that I have, like things that I'm like, oh, don't do that again. Oh, think about that. Apologize to this person. Apolo- forgive this person. Forgive yourself. Uh, and so you start out not knowing and then zoom into knowing and this effect and this sometimes clarity and sometimes like, oh, here's, here's where I am right now and here's where I want to be and here's some practical things that I think I can do and some ways that I can shift my mindset. mindset. One time... I went into it uh, feeling totally calm. And I was like, this is nice. I wonder what this will be like. And then I descended into, I ended in complete anxiety. And I was like, what? And along the way, though, there were these moments where I was like, but this isn't what's supposed to happen. Like, I'm, in, my, in some way, I'm like, I'm supposed to feel good. And then 
I remembered, I'm like, oh, there's no, there's no supposed to. Like, I'm not guaranteed to feel good mm-hmm. ever in this experience, in life, in anything. There's no guarantees. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not guaranteed to feel good. And that made me feel better. And so I can remember that any time that I'm feeling bad about anything. And I'm like, why am I feeling bad? I'm not the kind of person who does feel bad or is supposed to feel bad. Like, I'm supposed to feel good. I'm like, there's... And additionally, uh, my friend Zach Sherwin was there for that that experience. And he had a different experience. Like, we sort of crossed each other. The next day, I was driving and and we talked for a couple hours. And... I, we talked about our experiences, and then that felt like the end of the ceremony. That felt like, you know, the anxiety was the middle, and then the next day, processing it where everything was falling away and leaving these positive messages, these, you know, valuable things. I was like, wow, like, every time it is different. Every time. But like, you're, sort yeah. of, you're sort of ironing some wrinkles out yes. of yourself. Yeah. Or, or you're shaking the dust out. You're doing a spring cleaning in a way. Or, or, or just kinks. 100%. I'm trying to think of massage and house cleaning. Ironing the, ironing the wrinkles of the soul is a way that I've thought about it. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, yeah, sometimes, sometimes like, there will be a specific practical thing that's going on in life that is addressed. Sometimes it's more, you know... So you'll get an answer to a question that you've sort of been asking yourself or, or a realization of a question that you should be asking yourself. Yes. Um, and then, well, that, that, that sensation that you were just talking about of, uh, you know, shit happens, get used to it kind of is the most sure. kind of p- pedestrian, blue-collar, not <laughs> accurate way of describing it. But, but that's, a, that's a real meditation thing of, of like, hey, it, you know, this you, you've got to still be a person in a world where you're going to get old and die and lose everything. Yeah. You know, so how, how do you do that? How, you, you know, you have to take that on board and accept it. And then also, Hey, sex and sandwiches and friendship and laughing. You get all that too. Oh yeah. There's a, a Ramdas thing. I think about paraphrasing here, like, Imagine there's a meteor heading towards the Earth, and it's definitely going to, you know, at a certain point, like, kill all of us. What do you do with the time you have remaining? Like, how do you spend that time that you have alive? Like, what are the important things? Like, who do you spend time with? What do you, you know, do you watch this TV show? Like, do you... Right. And then then he's like, and there is a meteor coming for us and it's just one me- and it's going to hit all of us at different times it's a it's, it's yeah. 7 billion tiny meteors yes your personal meteor and so that's why you know it's so i mean it's so valuable to it's i just read uh in recently i think this week the new yorker had an article about ayahuasca like calling it something like the hallucinogen for the age of kale you know the the idea that it's trendy which well I, it's yeah. it's just it's it's kind of popped into mass consciousness in a way and i have this experience often and I, this is going to sound like guess like a brag but i don't mean it as a brag oh sure but it's like you know my friend tells me hey we should we should try smoking cigars and then all at once there's cigar bars everywhere <laughs> or he says uh you know hey let's i i gotta try yoga and then then yoga is everywhere and now it's yoga is even more so, but Iowa, I'm having, and surfing, that happened with me. I learned how to surf. Now everybody is, you can't get in the water because everybody's surfing. Um, and that's what's happening with ayahuasca now. There's a real bloom in the, in the mass 
consciousness, not in a hippy-dippy way, but just in like, man, a lot of people know about ayahuasca now. Do you know, so here's a couple funny reactions, I think. I won't claim that they're funny, but they're funny to me. You said it's now, it's, you know, popped into the mass consciousness. I'm like, and that's what it, it pops, uh, it's like, it pops you into the mass consciousness. Right, that's what it's doing. It's, it's, it's asserting a small, low-level awareness of itself yeah. into the world so that it can assert a powerful, high-level <laughs> awareness world, yeah. into the individual. <laughs> and the idea, it's funny, you know, the, obviously, surfing, if everybody's surfing, then, you know, it's unpleasant because there's too many people and you can't have the experience. Where I, I understand that's not what you're saying, but just as a caricature of, you know, what some version of yourself could have been saying. Uh, Shane Moss said it. And... But comparing that to, like... Uh, Are like, you my Patronus? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, the idea... I appeared. <laughs> you, you called for me. Um, the idea that... Uh, the, art, the Some of the attitudes about it, when, when anything is trendy, like, do you know, what all, you know what else is trendy? Is people hating on trendy things. Even when, like, yes. kale... Yes, no absolutely. Matter, no matter and, how and many... You've got to be yeah. careful. you got to be careful <laughs> that you don't get cynical about something that might actually be good for you. Kale is has nutritional content, regardless of how many douchebags like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I'm one of those douchebags. The downside of the... Tre- the upside of the trendiness is that now it's probably more possible than when I first heard about ayahuasca for me to have an experience at, a, at some place near here. Yes. And... Uh, and also, you know, now it's probably more possible for me. The odds are better that I would be able to go to Peru on a recommendation. Well, certainly now that we're having this conversation, on yes. a recommendation to go to a place where I would have a, a good experience. The, the downside, though, is that this is when the charlatans come out of the woodwork. That's fair. That is, that is certainly a concern. And that's why the same way that I would always recommend somebody do research before going to a comedy show when all you're going to risk is ruining your evening, uh, you know. When there's greater risks to you, you know, when people are putting things into your body that could have, you know, potentially last lasting effects. Like, you know, ayahuasca has lasting effects on me, but they're they're good and positive and not, you know, necessarily physiologically. Like, I'm not altering my brain chemistry in ways that I don't want to. Yeah. But you but 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 it is true also that you can't unknow a thing like there. There are there are things like do not. There are things that you should not watch on YouTube because once they're in your head, they, they're, they're ripples and you can keep remembering them. And so the same is true with, uh, uh, you know, you want to be careful with your, even though this ayahuasca experience is a one, you do it and then it's contained and it's finished, you, there's still ripples and waves and awarenesses that you're going to have. Well, that's true. And I mean, that's true of anything that you do, of course. Like you can't right. control, I mean, you Maybe you can't control anything, but you. We have at least the illusion of choice. And I love we, that yeah. you threw that maybe in because maybe I can. <laughs> yeah, I'm, maybe I can I, control everything. I definitely don't. Or know. maybe I can control one tiny thing. I think that could be. Yeah. Uh, the one of the things that the guide says that is very valuable to me in these experiences, in mushroom trips, in life in general, in any emotional, uh, intense time is that he just says, remember, the effects come and the effects go. I mean, ultimately, in the grandest sense of things, like, life comes and life goes. Well, and that's the great thing about meditation. It kind of gets you on that big picture level so that then you can really kind of get back inside yourself and 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 deal with the day-to-day things that can 
get blown out of proportion and seem like they're everything when really they're just what you're doing today. And I'll give you an example. Uh, my um, The girlfriend that I was dating for the past two plus years, uh, we just broke up. But while we were together, uh, we had an open relationship, uh, which was good. And we're still, we care about each other. We love each other. Everything is good. There's various reasons why we're not together. But uh, she had a threesome with two guys like early on in our relationship, which while she was living here and I was living in New York and our, we generally had a don't ask, don't tell, but she was, we also had like a, if something's important or meaningful or interesting, like we can tell, like I'm, and I'm also happy to hear more things than she was. Uh, so she was like, can well, I tell but you But also thing? try not to get, try not to give me an STD. Oh yeah. Of, of course. That's, I mean, there's always. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll say it is, it is certainly, there is diff, there are difficulties in managing Mm-hmm. a you know a number of different relationships and there's also difficulties in being with one person for 50 years tell me about <laughs> <that>. <laughs> All so, right, but not to get into that but i remember when she told me about she was excited she'd never had a threesome she had this threesome and it was exciting and i'm glad that like i i became i eventually was entirely fine that i heard that like in initially it took me some processing it took me some like okay like intellectually there's nothing wrong with this but it's still like having that in my head uh made me react a certain way that if i could have wished to not have that happen maybe i would have done that at one point mm-hmm. but at this point the iron the ironing has been the you know the soul has been smoothed out like the thing that i would have thought at one point no oh, now i can't unknow this now i can't unknow it but i don't want to unknow it now it's a more valuable uh, piece of information in my in experience. Do you know this Khalil Gibran quote that I like, which is the greater that sorrow carves into your being, the more joy you can contain. Like, it's no guarantee that you will contain the joy, but if you have, you know, like what comedy can do sometimes, you know, there's discomfort, there's trouble, there's, you know, a flaw, pain, suffering, and then processing of it, and eventually it can be, you know, alchemized into something beautiful. Well, just from the simplest, you know, metaphor about carving out a place and then that creates a vessel, which is inside that quote. But the, just the whole idea that you appreciate a great meal more if you're hungry a little bit. Oh yeah. You know? And so the, yes, definitely. You don't want to, you want to go through life not striving to create... I, I told that to somebody the other day, and they were like, oh, so I should just... I should go get run over by a tractor. Uh, and... You know a lot of comedians, right? They're, yeah. <laughs> they're sort of assholes. Like. But it, it actually helped me have a, have a reaction that I hadn't had up to that point, because you don't want to go through life being like, ooh, I want to experience a lot of joy, so I should put myself in a lot of situations where I'll experience a lot of pain. Of course... You know, life is risk, and there's always the opportunity for pain. Intuitively, we know this to be true. Yes. But the thing is that I realized was that the way that I'll frame it for myself is looking forward, of course, strive to maximize, you know, strive to minimize suffering. But looking backwards, strive to maximize turning suffering that already happened into something positive. Right. Well, we're always moving forward from right where we are now. I read this book called Deep Survival. Have you read Deep Survival? I haven't. It's a pretty interesting book. Maybe I have it. I can take it out. But it's it's these stories about and 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 basically if I boiled it down, it's the people who survive like there's a shipwreck and mm. sharks are all around in the oh, water yeah. and some people just give up. 
because they're thinking into the future of what the future is going to be like. And the people who survive are like, well, this is what's happening now. We're on this thing. We got to figure out a way to stay awake and keep our eyes out, take shifts. You sleep. I stay awake. Eventually, you know, that sounds great. We just kind of keep, we, we're just, you got to now assess the yeah. situation of right now, deal with the world right now. You can't, you can't spend your right... Like, if you're in the middle of a shipwreck, you can't be thinking about how terrible and stupid it was that you bought the tickets to get on this boat. I didn't pay the cable bill. Or, gotta, or yeah. start an argument with the person who is there floating with you who made the decision to take this vacation. Like the movie 127 Hours. You know, if you told that guy <sighs> earlier, like, hey, you're going to have one arm, he'd be like, well, I don't like that idea. But now he's like, I'm glad that this happened. Like, Stephen Colbert lost his father and two brothers, I believe, in a plane crash when he was a child. And in interviews I've seen where I hope that I'm not doing a disservice by, like, speeding it along, he's now, as an adult human being, you know, decades later, great. he's grateful for who he is. And who he is involves that tragedy befalling him. So he is, in a way, grateful for that tragedy befalling him. Of course, he wouldn't wish it to happen in the future to himself or anybody, but it happened... And it helped make him this loving, caring person that he is. Right, right. Well, it, and it's a, it's that it's that kind of forced gratitude. You know, you realize you don't miss your water till your well runs dry, and you don't often feel grateful for the things that you just have until you kind of contemplate like these. You could lose these things. Uh, you I, will uh, lose these things. You're oh, going to yeah. get hit by that meteor. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so so. You had mentioned, I don't know if people are listening to this thinking, oh, I've got to try ayahuasca or not, but that's something that's going on with me a little bit, so sure. I'm glad that we had that conversation. But just kind of in wrapping up, yes. and I can't wait to talk to you again, and I hope people are listening, they can't wait to hear me talk <laughs> to you again. But uh, what are some of the, you said you're having this with a lot of things, so ayahuasca is that, and you're doing meditation now. What's another thing in your life that is bringing you this this sort of kind of, focused and awareness and ability to... Will you describe what it's doing and, and some other things, if you can think of them? It is kind of, I mean, focusing on being in the moment as much as possible, which during comedy, you know, sometimes, you know, comedy is about painstakingly, you know, or, you know, joystakingly crafting things and then building something, quote-unquote, lasting over a long period of time. And, you know, I'm doing that. I'm, you know, recording albums and specials and, like, striving to continue to do that. But also sometimes the most meaningful, the most enjoyable things are, like, being present in the moment on stage when, some, you know, something happens and you respond to it immediately. And that can be, like, the, the thing that I'll remember the most and maybe the audience will remember the most... Um, things like my relationship ending and now me being purposefully single for the first time in my life. I've never, I've always had, at least, you know, if not explicitly, implicitly, the goal of being with someone forever or being with someone for now. Or if I'm not with someone, who's the next someone that I'm going to be with? Like striving forward, like and I'm listening to Ramdas talk about your, that. That's what a lot of human human experience is. Like a lot of what humanity is is like. I'm what am I? I'm eating now. What am I doing after I'm eating? What am I doing after I'm sleeping? I'm having sex. I'm having an orgasm. Then I'm eating again, and it's just this constant like when you know it's always what's happening later. Uh, and so I still have. I'm a, I'm a human being, and I still have those impulses and thoughts, but. I am now, for the first time, like, re you know, realizing, like, I smoked 
uh, I don't smoke a lot of pot, as I said, but I had some weed oil go into my body, like through a vape pen situation a few months ago. And part of the reason that I don't like pot is that I don't know, I'm not familiar with how long the experience lasts, how intense it gets, like how much do I put in my body. And so I, but it made me feel good. It made me feel good in my head. But then I started thinking like, what if it makes me, what if it keeps going? What if it gets too big? What if I, it gets out of control? And I had the, the wherewithal to be like, well, it's not that now. So don't freak out now about whether you're going to freak out later. Because then, like, just, if you're going to freak out later, have at it. But don't add. Or, like, when I'm in a car and I'm like, is that guy going to cut me off? I'm, like, getting pre-angry at him. And then he doesn't cut me off. And I'm like, well, what did I, what did I do that for? Well, right. And that's, the, I can't remember whose quote, if it's Mark Twain or Abraham <laughs> Lincoln, but the, most of the things I worried about never happened. You know, and, and those are real, ti- that's real time that you're spending in your real present life suffering for something that is not happening and then never did happen. You're better off having it happen and not having anticipated it. That actually reminds me of during, like over the summer when my girlfriend and I were living, we were still together, but we were living separately because she was uh, working at a summer camp teaching. And so we were both in our own sort of, you know, geographic and emotional places. And she was more like, I was also thinking like, will we break up? You know, is this something the way that we're right now? Is this like a precursor to, or are we going to come back together? And she was also, uh, I think at different points being like, I think we're not going to be together. But she wasn't telling me that at the time because she wasn't sure. She wasn't sure she was in this different place. Maybe she would feel different later. So she didn't tell me. And I, you know, if I could wit, like I've told her, I was like, if you had told, I'd like to be able to, when I'm in a relationship, talk about whether we think we might not want to be in the relationship because then we can both be present with each other in those moments. I understand if you're not... I, I've been on the other side of it, too, not wanting to worry. I know we're trying to wrap up, but uh, I'll finish this point, at least, I, I hope. The, the idea was that the worst thing possible for the relationship was that it could end. That, you know, for the relationship, the worst thing is it ends. But for me, that's not the worst thing. For me, the worst thing at that moment was not knowing whether it was going to be the worst thing. It was worse for me to not know that it was the worst thing and then I could get, you know, experience it, process it, grieve, get over it, get through it because I was in in this limbo which also you have to as a human being get comfortable with and I heard that emotional maturity somebody said once is uh, the mark of emotional maturity is an ability to deal with ambiguity. Because you don't know. You can be like, oh, well, I'm, I'm like this, and I'll always be like this, or my relationship is like this, and it'll always be like this. But those are all, you know, speculative hopes. The meteor's coming. So getting comfortable with, like, am I, who am I now? Where am I now? What am I now? Like, and not care. Like, and I'm, I'm like, I'm okay. And so just becoming, being okay, and then having the thought of, like, am I okay? Or, like, you know, I'm not worried. Should I be worried? You know, and mediating, you know, ironing out those wrinkles constantly with meditation, with Tai Chi, with ayahuasca, with my own just present state of mind that is being affected by all of these things contributed with these Ramdas quotes, with everything that makes sense with these messages from, you know, just my brain, which is different now. Okay, two questions. Are yes. you doing Tai Chi? I am. Okay, so that's another one. Yes. Meditation, Tai Chi. Yes. 
And then where are you getting your Ramdas? Uh, I'm listening to his podcast, Here and Now, and I also just read the book, which I recommend to everybody, called Be Here Now. It's Be Here Now, and that's from, like, the 70s. It yeah. is. Oh. Yeah, Ramdas has been at it for a while. Now he lives in Hawaii now. It's from the 70s slash all times, and, like, the way that I sometimes say that ayahuasca, when I explain it to people on stage, I'm like, it's a plant that comes from South America slash the universe. That's, uh... That's what the, the guide has said when people ask him, like, is it better to do it in Peru? Is it better to have this, you know, quote-unquote, authentic experience? And he says, the experience is in your consciousness. So, Well, it, I think that, I, to me, what seems like the most important thing is to have it in the room with the, cr- the crowd of like-minded people yes. and the proper guide mm-hmm. to help you have... Yeah, you want to have the... The stuff be good, and the person giving you the stuff, uh, yeah, the set, setting, and mm. uh, and the stuff. Well, this is my this is one of my favorite uh, toasts. Yeah. Oh, I really appreciate it. No, I'm going to make the toast. Oh, I understand. I well, I really appreciate that you're about to give me one of your favorite. Well, this toasts. is one of the things I appreciate about you. Um, you were a person who became my friend because I reached out to you on the internet or something. Yeah, I'd seen your set. You liked my one of my late night sets. Yeah. And you then s- you saw that I was following you and then you, we talked, we started a conversation and then now we're friends. And But you're you're also a person now who I get a text from every once in a while that tells me, hey, I'm thinking about you or I'm about to do ayahuasca and, you know... Just sending care positive... Very nice. Not everybody does that. Yeah. It's a nice thing to do and more people should do it. And And I would also say that we don't know each other super well and so if you're out there listening to this and you're thinking that you like somebody and you want to say that to them you should do it because i really appreciate it thank you oh thank you and here's the toast it's not what you're doing it's who you're doing it with oh yeah cheers that was a clink instead of a high five (laughs) i also like to get a high five just because i'm obsessed with completion i like it all right Thank you. Thank you, Jake. Talk into the machine, please. I'm talking. I can't hear you unless you talk into the machine. Okay, yeah, I'm talking into the machine right now. Hey, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I thought it was a nice conversation, which I had a little while ago. Uh, but I thought it was. I think now is the time before this election to talk about. Hey, let's 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 try and be nice to each other, and uh, not worry about things that aren't actually happening just because we think that they're going to happen. And also, I'm thinking about you, and I want to tell you that I appreciate you listening to this. And uh, please do not give up. There will be plenty of time to give up later. And also, as a side warning, uh, you know, if you're thinking about doing any kind of mind-altering uh, substance, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta know who you're doing it with, and you also gotta know what you're doing. You gotta know what you're taking. Anytime somebody's giving you a thing and telling you that that thing is a certain thing, how do you know that what you're taking is the thing that you think that you're getting? So. Yeah, don't forget to ask those questions and consult with your spirit animal if you're allowed to have one. If you're not allowed to have a spirit animal, then, uh, then uh, well, you can call it some other thing. Call it your Patronus. Don't, <laughs> don't forget to consult your Patronus uh, in all matters of the heart and emotional importance. And think 
before you do something. Try not to do something mean, and let's all breathe and try to be nice to each other during these troubled times. Get on right.